we've got the Baltimore Ravens heading to San Francisco as six-point dogs with a 46-point over-under. This is Showdown Coverage brought to you by SharpFootballAnalysis.com. I'm your host, Adam Wildy, and before we jump over to DraftKings, make sure you use promo code ANGLES to get 15% off your subscription at SharpFootballAnalysis.com. Let's jump right into this one. It's going to be uh, absolutely insane. This should be the best game of the season, potentially a, uh, a Super Bowl preview. Um, but you have San Francisco as five-point home dogs, which is just goes to show you how much of a buzzsaw they have been to uh, to consider them five-point favorites over potentially the next best – or six-point favorites over potentially the next best team in the league. But it's going to make for a very interesting uh, slate. These slates are always the toughest when you have a respectable over-under and two very good teams. Um, Baltimore, uh, a tough physical team, kind of gets things done the same way as the 49ers, you know, succeed in rushing the ball, and then we'll, we'll throw some play action in there, try to play with a lead, things like that. But these teams have had leads for the uh, better, better part of the season. So it's going to be um, more, more leaning towards salary than anything because both of these teams could um, score some points, right? So the interesting thing that we have here is that it's actually easier to afford Baltimore and Baltimore is going to be more unique because people are going to be more, um, we're, we're so wired to build around the home favorite uh, and it typically does work out. Six points is a lot to lay on the Ravens. Um, I know I said the same thing when San Francisco was heavy favorites over the the Eagles, and I was wrong. Um, maybe I'll be wrong again here, but six points seems like a lot for San Francisco. I'm actually not afraid to build around the Ravens, um, and that comes even with Brock Purdy being only 10K, which is 1,800 less than Christian McCaffrey. Um, you could still build around Lamar Jackson, so we will get into that. It's nice to see Christian McCaffrey at 11,800 because – you're going to want to feature him in your lineup, but once you play Christian McCaffrey at that price, you're already thinning yourself out for how much salary you're going to have for the rest of the slate. Now, once you play McCaffrey, you're usually going to want to play Purdy just because McCaffrey gets a lot done as a receiver, and that really narrows down people. That takes people down the San Francisco path. But you could treat Christian McCaffrey how you treat Austin Eckler a lot and say, all right, instead of playing so much of the 49ers, let's just go ahead and play Christian McCaffrey and hope that we encapsulate a lot of their offensive production in Christian McCaffrey and then go ahead and pivot to the Ravens as opposed to a lot of people who are going to play Christian McCaffrey because you feel like you have to and you probably should. Um, but then you're, they're going to say, okay, well, if I play Christian McCaffrey, I need to play Brock, Brock Purdy. Now that I've played Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy, I might as well go all in on the the uh, 49ers. And that's how you're going to end up with a lot of 49ers, four by twos, probably going to be the most popular build. Besides three by three, three by three is all, uh, always the most popular, but um, four by twos are going to be way more popular than, than Ravens two by fours. Uh, right. So we're going to try to approach the slate in a way that we can get to Baltimore two by fours. Uh, so starting with Christian McCaffrey and then Lamar Jackson, that takes away a lot of salary. But the good thing about that is that all of Lamar Jackson's receiving options are relatively cheap. We have the questionable tag on Zay Flowers, um, but he looks like he's going to go into play. He was a full practice participant. No worries there. Keaton Mitchell, of course, is out. Melvin Gordon has been elevated. We'll see how much he ends up playing, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But he is minimum price, so he's going to be a popular option. 
You have Elijah Mitchell, who um, was a limited in practice, but it looks like he's being projected out for now. Uh, we'll see if he ends up playing, but we'll try to cover that. Um, if if he does play, um, just insert him for Jordan Mason's role, and then Jordan Mason will kind of take a back seat. The good thing is that they're similarly priced. So if you build around Jordan Mason and then you find out Elijah Mitchell's playing, most of your lineups you'll be able to slide Elijah Mitchell in there. And then Joan Jennings with his concussion is ruled out. So that's going to be Ronnie Bell and Chris Conley both picking up the workload there. Chris Conley is significantly cheaper than Ronnie Bell, but he's also going to get less work. We had one game this season where Ronnie Bell came in and played um, that he was actually pretty good. The rest of the times we've used Ronnie Bell as a punt uh, have not really worked out so well. So uh, we'll have to approach that in just a minute as well. We'll get back to going down the line. You've got Debo Samuel at 10200 That's the most expensive he's been in quite some time. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has been more expensive than Debo Samuel for a lot of the season, and now they have flipped. Um, I think that I'm going to flip my preferences with them, and and I'll be heavily invested in Ayuk over Samuel if I'm going to build around the 49ers. Um, I think either way, I probably prefer Ayuk over Samuel, even if you're not playing Brock Purdy. That's kind of scary because Brandon Ayuk doesn't have the threat of a rushing touchdown like Debo Samuel does, so that means that Ayuk will provide points for Purdy. But hopefully there's enough scoring in this game that Brock Purdy can throw one or two touchdowns and still not end up in the optimal lineup. Um, that's that brings us to Brock Purdy and, and it it is pretty easy to build um, San Francisco lineups but the problem is you can only get Purdy with one or two of his options right and usually that's not an issue but um, there's such a steep drop off like I don't even feel great about George Kittle at 7,400 on a lot of slates he is always viable he's always in the player pool because of his massive ceiling but his floor is really 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 low like very low. I mean, if George Kittle gets you five points, you're not surprised. You're not surprised if he gets you 26 either. But the point is, there's such a steep drop-off. Like, if you could play Purdy, Samuel, Ayuk, and McCaffrey, obviously fantastic. But the drop-off between the projected volume from those guys and Ronnie Bell um, is tremendous. So it's it seems easy, but then when you start to build and you're Okay, I get Purdy in two primary San Francisco options, and then I need to go cheap. Well, who are you going to go cheap with? It's it's not as simple as uh, as most slates. Whereas with Lamar Jackson, you have tiers of receivers. Um, Lamar Jackson lineups usually build themselves because you can go like Lamar Jackson, one of his running backs. Uh, who knows who's going to be the receiving back? Probably Justice Hill. You could go Lamar Jackson, Justice Hill, Zay Flowers. Um, and Isaiah likely and still fit an expensive option for the 49ers. So while they are five-point dogs on the road, six-point dogs on the road now, um, they're still easier to build and also more unique. So if it's easier to build it and it's more unique, double whammy, um, you go with it and you cross your fingers that the, that the Ravens can keep this game close. So that brings us down to Gus Edwards, who was losing a lot of work to Keaton Mitchell before Keaton Mitchell, unfortunately, was lost to injury. I believe Keaton Mitchell finally took over as the primary back um, in that he had more than a 50% snap share prior to his injury. So that's going to be a unique wrinkle going into this game. How much more work does Gus Edwards earn back? And I think a lot of that had to do with um, – not necessarily Gus Edwards standing with the team, but Keaton Mitchell was so much more electric that his home run ability offered so much more upside than Edwards that 
maybe the four yards that you don't grind out with Keaton Mitchell um, didn't matter too much. So maybe Gus Edwards goes back to a primary running back role. He's not going to be popular. He's going against one of the best defenses all around in the league, very good rush defense, and he's 8,000. So if you believe Gus Edwards gets back to a primary ball carrier role, um, certainly a great game to play him because if Melvin Gordon coming off the practice squad isn't going to be heavily involved, Justice Hill's not going to be heavily involved as a rusher. He might catch three passes. So Gus Edwards is in a really good spot in terms of volume, and not a lot of people are going to click on him. That brings us down to George Kittle, who I already addressed. Zay Flowers has had some up and down weeks two weeks ago, I think, or at least two slates ago. He saved us um, in in the last moments of the game. He had like four points entering the last couple minutes, and then he ended up with 20. He called a touchdown pass and a two-point conversion, I believe, and that swayed a lot of showdown lineups. I know people were very upset. I was winning no money, and then I went straight into winning a lot of money, so that was a lot of people that were very, very upset about those Lamar Jackson builds. I'm a sucker for building Lamar Jackson lineups around passing success. You can certainly single stack Lamar Jackson and get away with it, um, especially playing him with the defense, especially playing him with Justin Tucker. Totally fine. Even with a three by three, you can get unique enough in that way. But I prefer to build around Lamar Jackson um, passing games where he like hits the 300 yard bonus because not a lot of people are comfortable doing that. Isaiah likely at 6,400 is probably the best value of the slate. If you're going to talk points per dollar and he, he had a really, really big, uh, game. I don't know if it was his first start. I think it was his second start since Mark Andrews left. So he's had three starts, and I think it was his second start that he had the massive game. But you also saw the play where Lamar Jackson kind of ran around for eight seconds and then threw up a prayer to Isaiah Likely in double coverage. And Isaiah Likely is just a large human that um, got, got vertical and caught the ball over uh, two defenders. And that type of thing is um, why he – he makes up for Mark Andrews so much. Like Mark Andrews, one of the best tight ends in the league, but Isaiah likely has such a unique skill set. So athletic uh, that Lamar Jackson has a ton of trust in him. So he gets kind of overlooked, but um, he's not really like the rookie, right? He's a sophomore. Um, he's not new. He had some success last year. He, it's not, he gets treated like he's a rookie out here, but um, he's a, he's a big part of the team. Even when Mark Andrews was there, they like to use him. So I don't view him as much of a downgrade and I certainly enjoy prioritizing him um, when not a lot of people do, especially since 6,400 is not expensive at all. The tricky thing is that he's, He's positioned right around Zay Flowers. A lot of people are going to go either or with Zay Flowers or Isaiah Likely. I like playing them both. That'll be a little bit unique, I think, if you can play Zay Flowers and Isaiah Likely, and then you'll just have to go down to someone cheap like uh, a Nelson Aguilar at 1,000 or something like that. All right, let's scroll down a little bit here before we start building. We have Odell Beckham at 5,600. Um, he came on really hot for a couple games and then um, fizzled out just a bit. Uh, he's fine. He's someone that you're going to keep in there in your player pool. It's tricky between every slate's tricky between Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman because Bateman is 1200 less. Uh, they'll get similar target volume for what one reason or another. Odell Beckham tends to get more yardage than Rashad Bateman. When it, like, if you give both receivers four targets, for some reason, we get more production out of Odell Beckham. Um, but Rashad Bateman has been performing a little bit better as of late. And uh, I think that he'll probably have 
the lowest roster percentage of all of the uh, wide receivers. Like he'll probably have a lower roster percentage than than Aguilar, which we've seen the last few slates. And the, the reason is that uh, OBJ, Rashad Bateman, and Nelson Aguilar will probably all get about four targets. And Aguilar's obviously the cheapest. Odell Beckham's the most notable. So ipso facto, you end up with Rashad Bateman in the middling price range. Um, which is kind of going overlooked, especially since um, Jake Moody is only 200 more. Justin Tucker's in that price range, and Justin Tucker can go for for 20 without anyone batting an eye. Um, so really nice slate if you're going to go. Like, I wouldn't blame anybody for going um, t- for 20 max. Only Lamar Jackson at captain, and then um, just cycling through these receivers because it is so, so easy to lock Lamar Captain, lock Christian McCaffrey in the flex, and then just make a rule that you need at least two receivers with Lamar Jackson, bam, all the work is done for you. And I think that's a super viable way to go about building the slate. We need to talk about the backup running backs really quickly before we start building. We have Justice Hill at 3,800. He'll probably be the receiving back. Um, Gus Edwards probably isn't going to expand into that receiving role. Melvin Gordon might get two catches, and that is – a lot. That's a lot for uh, 200 for mid price. So I like Melvin Gordon at 200. I think that he'll be a fairly popular punt play, but I wouldn't shy away from Justice Hill because if they get down in this game, uh, Justice Hill is probably who they're going to lean on over Melvin Gordon. Uh, like I said with Elijah Mitchell, um, if he's playing, play Elijah Mitchell. If he's not playing, his workload is going to go directly to Jordan Mason. Just play Jordan Mason. Both of them are totally fine. Ronnie Bell is is who I would go with um, in lieu of Jawan Jennings. Uh, I don't think that you need to get down to, um, I don't think you need to get down to Chris Conley, uh, especially since you have cheap options for the Ravens too. So Nelson Aguilar as as a thousand at a thousand has been a pretty popular punt um, over the last what four slates. And he's worked out a few times. He's even caught a a touchdown or two over that span. So he's a, a popular punt, but one that works really well. So let's go in and uh, and build a couple Lamar Jackson lineups. Um, start with Lamar Jackson at captain. Christian McCaffrey lock those two in. Lock likely in. Go down here and grab probably Aguilar um, just to see how much salary you have left over. You've got 7,300 left over. Um, you can go Iuke here, and then you have 5,600 left. So, bam, that's perfect. Odell Beckham. This leaves zero dollars on the table, uh, but it's it'll be relative. It's not it's not a super popular build either, so it, it's fine. Lamar Jackson at captain, Christian McCaffrey, Isaiah Likely, Nelson Aguilar, Brandon Ayuk, Odell Beckham, and I don't mind that whatsoever. But you could take uh you could take Ayuk out. Uh, you could probably take Odell Beckham out, and then what you would do is you would play Zay Flowers, and then you would have like George Kittle. And this is what I was talking about earlier with pairing likely with safe flowers. Um, like I said, it's not that hard, but since they're in the same price range, a lot of people are going to consider them an either or type of situation. So this is Lamar Jackson at captain, Christian McCaffrey, Isaiah likely Nelson Aguilar, safe flowers and George Kittle. Super easy, super viable, leave 200 on the table. Totally fine. And then let's try to drop down one more time to something like uh, Rashad Bateman. Leave 10,200 on the table. Now, well, you could do this. Um, 
I'll click it for the sake of clicking it. So Lamar Jackson at captain, Christian McCaffrey, Isaiah likely, Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Bateman, and Debo Samuel. I don't know that I love playing Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel without Brock Purdy. Of course, they could both score rushing touchdowns, and that would not be out of the realm of possibility. So it's not like I hate this lineup. Um, but what I would probably want to do with this lineup is um, slide Brock Purdy in there. And uh, he and Christian McCaffrey could easily connect for a touchdown. So if you could play Lamar Jackson at captain with Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy in the flex and still feel okay about your stacking options, that is a plus, especially since Aguilar only needs to catch, you know, one pass for 40 yards and he crushed his value. Right. And then Isaiah, Isaiah likely can get good volume. You don't have to worry about him. Uh, Rashad Bateman at 4,400. He could have a good game. No issues there. And you still get to play three of the highest ceilings on the slate. Um, I am totally comfortable with that build. Of course, you could go without Christian McCaffrey. Maybe I should address that really quickly. You could go uh, Debo Samuel and Brock Purdy. And then you can go up from Bateman to like, let's say, Odell Beckham. So now you have Lamar Jackson at captain, Debo Samuel, Isaiah Likely, Nelson Aguilar, Odell Beckham, and Brock Purdy. That's something you can do too. I would prefer to play a ton of Christian McCaffrey, but I understand if you're not going to go with him at captain, if you want to avoid him entirely, just know that he will be rostered about 87% of the time. So you will be in the 13% minority if you don't play him at all. If you want to try to take advantage of that, you have to play him at captain. If you want to just match the field and make it a five-man slate, just play Christian McCaffrey in the flex, lock him in the flex, lock Lamar Jackson at captain. Lamar Jackson will probably be like 20% rostered at captain. Christian McCaffrey will be like 30 35% rostered at captain. Um, so that's just the game that you're going to have to play. But that's going to do it for today's showdown coverage brought to you by sharpfootballanalysis.com. I'm your host, Adam Wildy. Enjoy your uh, holidays and good luck with the slate. Peace. 